Welcome to Alchemergy. My name is Dennis William Hauk, and together we will explore the ancient mysteries of alchemy. True Imagination in Alchemy Dennis Hauk, FRC, Ph.D. Dennis William Hauk, FRC, Ph.D., is the curator of the new Alchemy Museum at Rosicrucian Park and was the curator of the Rosicrucian Alchemy Exhibit, now on display in the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum. Frater Hauk is a recognized leader in the emerging field of consciousness studies and has contributed to a number of related fields, including the history of science, mathematical logic, psychology, and the scientific study of mystical experiences. He is a popular author and lecturer, working to facilitate personal, cultural, and global transformation through the ancient principles of alchemy. Frater Hauk has written several books and many papers and articles, including several that have been published in recent issues of the Rosicrucian Digest and the Rose Croix Journal. This is a riddle from the Middle Ages that describes the true nature of the first matter, a mysterious etheric substance that is the source of all transformation. The key to life and death is everywhere to be found, but if you do not find it in your own house, you will find it nowhere. Yet, it is before everyone's eyes. No one lives without it. Everyone has used it. The poor usually possess more of it than the rich. Children play with it in the streets. The meek and uneducated esteem it highly, but the privileged and learned often throw it away. It is the only thing from which the philosopher's stone can be prepared, and without it, no noble metal can ever be created. The riddle tells us that this secret power is commonly used and is in plain sight, but it is most obvious where we live, in our own minds. Children play with it, and humble poor people use it more than snobbish rich people. The uneducated lower class prizes it, but the educated higher class believes it is an idle waste of time. Yet this hidden ability that so many condemn and take for granted is the only path to real wisdom and the only way to perfect anything. One of the authors in the 12th century Turba Philosophorum, an assembly of philosophers, describes it as a thing which is found everywhere, which is a stone and no stone, contemptible yet precious, hidden, concealed, and yet known to everyone. It is a thing stronger and more sublime than all other things. It is familiar to all men, young and old, explains the author of Gloria Mundi, Glory of All Worlds, 1620. It is found in the country, in the village, in the town, in all things created by God, yet it is despised by everyone. No one prizes it, though next to the human soul it is the most beautiful and most precious thing upon earth and has the power to pull down kings and princes. How you answer the riddle has a lot to do with your concept of reality. Where do you draw the line at what is real? Your fantasies, your dreams, your thoughts, your soul, matter, is that real? According to hermetic philosophy, everything is real. Everything we perceive is part of the same one thing, and the spectrum of our awareness is determined by the light of the one mind. That primal light is reflected in each person's consciousness, in the light of imagination, 
which is the answer to our riddle. My 10-year-old nephew once described imagination as walking around inside your mind. For alchemists, it was a private world of infinite possibilities where much of the great work took place. To differentiate it from idle fantasy and daydreaming, they called it the true imagination. It is a special kind of mental imagery or visualization that is directly connected to the ground of reality. In our culture, we are taught to reject the true imagination and sever our ties to the hidden reality while we are still children. Family, schools, churches, authorities of all types deny our inborn connection to the divine mind and replace it with their own dogma. There is a secret stone, explains one 14th century alchemist, hidden in a deep well, worthless and rejected. Our most precious stone, laments another, cast forth upon the dunghill, being most dear, is made the vilest of the vile. According to Paracelsus, the true imagination leads life back to its spiritual reality, and it then takes on the name of meditation. What he meant was that the true imagination envisions the divine source of anything, which can then be explored and understood through meditation. The meditative method used by alchemists consisted of prolonged and silent invocation of divine powers. Sometimes a person's inner angel or higher self was invoked. In their meditations, they were looking for an angelic ray that unites the world of forms with the divine ideals that are the source of everything. The author of uh, Rosarium, 1550, describes a special kind of a chemical meditation. Take care that your door is well and firmly closed so that he who is within cannot escape and, God willing, you will reach the goal. Nature carries out her operations gradually and, indeed, I would have you do the same. Let your imagination be guided wholly by nature through whom the bodies regenerate themselves in the bowels of the earth. And imagine this with true and not with fantastic imagination. The true imagination envisions the subtle processes of nature and connects them with their divine archetypes. It attempts to capture the seed of the world as the divine mind dreams it. Therefore, when hermetic writers speak of seeing with the eyes of spirit, they are describing a process that penetrates the deeper genesis of things beyond their outward appearance. Alchemists believed imagination is a piece of heaven concealed within us, a divine connection to the cosmic one mind. If you look up the definition of imagination in Martin Rolandus's Lexicon of Alchemy 1612, you will find it defined as the star in man, a celestial or super-celestial body. The alchemist concept of imaginatio explains Carl Jung, 1875 to 1961, is the most important key to understanding the opus. We have to conceive of these imaginal processes not as the immaterial phantoms that we readily take fantasy pictures to be, but as something corporeal, a subtle body. The act of imagining was like a physical activity that could be fitted into the cycle of material changes that brought these about and was brought about by them. In turn, the alchemist related himself not only to the unconscious, but directly to the very substance that he hoped to transform through the power of imagination. 
The act of imagining is therefore a concentrated extract of life forces, a hybrid of the physical and psychic. From his lifelong study of alchemy, Jung developed the new discipline of transpersonal psychology and a therapeutic method he called the act of imagination that uses the imagination as an organ of understanding. The technique allows unconscious issues and deeper feelings to act themselves out in visualizations that often involve conversations with imaginal figures, such as one of Jung's guides, Philemon. Active imagination can also be practiced by automatic writing or artistic endeavors like painting, sculpting, music, and dance. The method opens a channel of communication between conscious and unconscious parts of a person's psyche, and also between the personal level and the collective unconscious. Active imagination demonstrates the reality of pre-existing images in the human psyche corresponding to external events and objects. Surprisingly, this concept is a basic principle in the philosophy of science. Galileo, Francis Bacon, Giordano Bruno, Johannes Hepler, Isaac Newton, Karl Leibniz all spoke of primordial images that are pre-existent in the human soul and can be perceived through the innate instinct of imagination. Quantum physicist Wolfgang Pauli, 1900-1958, explain how these images are the source of scientific insight. When one analyzes the preconscious steps to true concepts, one always finds ideas which consist of symbolic images. These inner pictures are produced by an instinct to imagining and are shared by different individuals independently. Out of these archaic images grow rational concepts. Albert Einstein, 1879 to 1955, used the true imagination to see himself riding on a light beam through the cosmos, and he returned from this journey with the theory of relativity. Like the alchemist, he paid homage to the power of this divine gift. Imagination is more important than knowledge, for knowledge is limited to what we now know and understand, while imagination embraces the entire universe and all there ever will be to know and understand. <laughs> 